You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Well, hello there and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, back on the show again. And it is Super Bowl week. We wait all season for this one week of the year where the hype really gets to an extra level and uh, we have two teams remaining, the Denver Broncos, the Carolina Panthers, really looking forward to this matchup. We'll be talking a lot about it in today's show. We'll have a couple of other shows this week. We always have two shows a week during the regular season and the postseason and uh, it looks like this week we're going to have at least two. We may have a couple more sprinkled in there and uh, stay tuned to the at Overtime Ireland Twitter feed obviously to get more information on what's coming up on today's show. going to be joined by Rumford Johnny. A lot of you will know him from various different uh, fantasy football podcasts. It's going to be fun getting him on the show for the first time and it's just coming up in a little moment. We'll be talking the Super Bowl, talking some dynasty football, dynasty strategy and some buy, sells and hold. So looking forward to that in just a little moment. Anyone downloading the podcast, anyone that has been on the Twitter handle over the last 24 hours will have noticed uh, new artwork up there as well, new new logos, new backgrounds. Hopefully you all uh, like the look of it, a little bit more interesting, a little bit of green in it and uh, a little shamrock in it for the Ireland part of it. And uh, thanks to Stevie Howling, massive Jaguars fan from the Republic of Ireland. So uh, it's uh, really appreciative really like how it came out and uh, thanks once again just a quick shout out to start the show for him this week as well it is super bowl week and we always like to run a couple of competitions on super bowl week we'll be giving away a few oti t-shirts this week uh, coming up to the big game for predicting the correct score in the uh, match and also spreading the word off the overtime ireland podcast and for spreading the word of the overtime ireland podcast who will be running the competition with footballamerica.co.uk they're a massive retail outlet for both uh, NFL jerseys and gear and also playing American football, they provide you with shoulder pads, helmets, all the good gear that you need to play gridiron and uh, it's growing massively playing the game as well as watching the game here in Ireland and the UK and really all around the world. I'm in Australia at the moment and there's a couple of teams even around here in Melbourne playing uh, American football so uh, it's all growing all the time and they're a great provider of football gear in particular for uh, playing the game. So whether it's gloves, whatever it is, get involved in that competition it'll be on our twitter feed at overtime ireland and one of the prizes is a 70 pound uh, gift voucher the other is uh, a super bowl junior size football so get involved in them free to enter you never know you might come away with the prize there will be two winners one getting each and there's more information on that on the overtime ireland website some news and notes just to start the show before we get into the segment with Rumford Johnny. We're going to look at the San Diego Chargers are staying in San Diego for the upcoming season. Looked like this was going to happen. I'm surprised at how quickly the Rams were able to move, but they were really wanting to get out of town. So <laughs> the Rams have moved on from St. Louis. They are going to be playing their football in L.A. The Chargers, on the other hand, they are going to be staying in San Diego and they are going to be working with the, the city council in San Diego, similar to the Oakland Raiders, to try and work out a long-term deal to see if they can stay in the city they are residing in at the moment. So the NFL giving them that money, that extra $100 million, uh, might help get the deal with uh, the city council's done. We'll see what happens there. But the Chargers staying in uh, San Diego for the 2016 season. A couple of big contracts signed this week, players around the the NFL, number of different ones. Uh, the Eagles have been really uh, contract negotiation heavy over the last couple of last couple of days. And uh, the one though that really stands out to me is uh, Travis Kelsey. Five year extension for him. He said uh, this year he was as a tight end played quite well. 
didn't live up to the expectations, I don't think, though, uh, that a lot of people had set for him fantasy-wise. But we'll see how it goes. Still a very young player, and he's signed that long-term deal. Uh, $46 million over five years, $20.5 million guaranteed, and a $10 million signing bonus. So uh, as young tight ends go, he's living up to potential. I'll be talking in a moment uh, with Johnny about young tight ends, particularly from a dynasty point of view. So you'll see uh, a lot of time it takes quite a few years for these tight ends to develop, and um, he's... He's got himself a nice chunk of change uh, to keep himself moving. And the other tight end I mentioned, the Eagles, Zach Ertz picking up $42 million, uh, and a five-year contract as well. So both of those kind of end around the same amount of money. Both of them very, very talented young tight ends. So with those little uh, little bits of snippets of news covered, uh, let's get straight into the rest of the talk. Super Bowl and Dynasty with Rumford Johnny. Hi, I'm Matt Williamson, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. Delighted to be joined now on the podcast by a guy who I've been listening to for a long time, and I'm a big fan of his. And we've been trying to organize this for a while, but as people know, organizing these shows at the different time zones can be a lot of fun, can be tricky, but it's going to be an absolute pleasure to have him on. It's Rumford Johnny. He's been part of many, many podcasts throughout his time. He was with the Romy and Ray podcast this season, uh, the Two Mugs podcast, and just the list goes on and on. He's now a draft day consultant and uh, delighted to have you on the show. Nice to, nice to be with you, man. I know I, we have been trying to get this together for, uh, for a little <laughs> while and uh, we've coordinated this. So it is very late where you are and it's quite early where I am. And, and that's just fine because we're, we're talking about the one thing that we both love, which is football. So Yeah, it's always funny when uh, you, know, you think about it. I'm actually, uh, this is midnight Australian time. 8 a.m. Uh, in Rhode Island with yourself and the listeners often probably think oh these guys just uh, you know decide they're going to talk to each other set this up nice and easy but uh, with the way things are in the world uh, it's almost uh, Sunday here and it's actually Saturday with you Saturday <laughs> yeah, morning so exactly. uh, disclaimer there for all the listeners too hopefully there's no uh, major major injuries between the time this posts and uh, the time we talk but I think it's gonna be a nice quiet weekend hopefully beautiful let's hope so um obviously first up we're going to talk about uh the super bowl uh thomas davis uh guy has uh, 11 or 12 screws in his arm according to himself and you know he's just saying that he's going to be confident that he's going to play he thinks that really nothing's going to stop him playing in the super bowl two weeks uh, less than two weeks after he had that operation what do you make of uh thomas davis proclamation that he's going to play and um obviously he's not going to be anywhere near 100 percent. well first of all if there's if there's somebody in the NFL that you don't love more than Thomas Davis, yeah. please tell me. Please tell me. Please please declare Maybe that now. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's just he's an absolute monster. I mean we know what he's been through his injury history. Um, my only concern with him is that he's going to have a hard time covering people. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have a hard time tackling people uh, because he's going to be fitted with something uh, probably a hard cast. I would imagine if yeah. he if he does play at all. And it's really hard to wrap up. It's very easy to get re-injured. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just going to be hard for him to, to do certain things. I mean, I, I, I think he's, a, he's an absolute stud to, to go out there and try to play. Um, but I also wouldn't rule out the fact that they may not let him play either at some point. If they, if they feel like he's not medically safe to play, uh, he may not end up playing. So, And that hurts, too. That hurts them as well. Um, but the, the reality is, is that if he's playing with a, you know a hard cast on and isn't able to to really wrap up and it, maybe he's not as good in coverage, can't bat balls down that kind of a thing, um, then you know how how what, what value does he really have other than just being on the field to kind of support the defense and, and make calls and stuff like that? I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that maybe somewhat of a detriment. So. Um, so we, we, we could be seeing, you know, his backup and, and, and I think that's fine. I mean, I think, you know, 
they're a really good unit. They could, you know, they have good depth uh, on their linebacker crew. So they could certainly play without him. And he could certainly be sort of the, the emotional leader on the sidelines and, and still be helpful in that regard. It sucks for him. Yeah. He's a guy who's dealt with a lot of missed time due to injuries. But I, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be a huge value if he's out there with a, you know, uh, with, a, with a cast on. We've seen players with cast. We've seen players play with cast. We've seen J.J. Watt play yeah, with, with, with yeah. a cast on. Yeah. Once he got it off, he was like, you know, he was like Frankenstein. But now it's 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 really hard. It's just hard to, to sort of be mobile and, and, and you know, you're going to get hit out there. It's going to hurt like hell too. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I, but I, 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 hope he, he, I hope he does get to play. I don't just know how effective it will be. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too that first hit that he takes on it and how throughout the game any contact he would have would uh, affect that injury. I think uh, there's probably no way they're not going to stop him at lining up as one of the the game day roster but how effective he'll be as you mentioned uh, he might spend more time on the sideline uh, than needed but again being there uh, you know Charles Woodson with the Packers a couple of seasons ago he played such a motivational part in their victory in that game we might see something similar with Thomas Davis but it's strange going into this game you know everyone talks about his three knee injuries uh, that's not even the biggest talking point injury wise for him going into this Super Bowl matchup but talking about defensive sides of the ball now we're going to talk about the Panthers you mentioned how they have depth at the linebacking core obviously Josh Norman's having a tremendous season Luke Keekley will be in there with whoever plays beside him at linebacker and just the way uh, you know they've been playing at that the the front of that defense the last couple of games getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback no matter who they've been facing uh, the Panthers D as a whole uh, this season compared to the uh, Denver Broncos defense who would you be taking out of those two in this matchup uh, well let's see the, the the injury to uh to Davis is is, is yeah is pretty significant I think I mean I, I don't I mean I think it does change things a little bit. I think ultimately, I, I think the the uh, the both defenses are very very good. My my, I think it comes down to looking at who they're facing at quarterback. Um, I think that the Carolina Panthers could end up being the more more uh, dominant defense in this matchup because Peyton is not very mobile. Um, he was hit very little by New England yeah, in that matchup, surprising. and which yeah, yeah. They, they they played very very sort of you know, a laid back zone style uh, early on. And they gave, you know, Peyton room to operate, which I thought was strange, but you know, it's, you never know with Belichick. They, they come out with a certain, yeah, the opposite you know, of what you think they're going to do. Exactly. <laughs> opposite of what you think they're going to do. And, and it doesn't really pan out. And I thought, and then they tightened things up later on and were a little bit more aggressive. So they, they stunted a lot with the linebacker blitzes and stuff like that. Um, and then you saw Peyton get hit. Now I think that, um, that the two teams that both have tremendous front fours, they, they can get after the quarterback. I think that um, ultimately I think Cam is somebody that is big and strong and can move and it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to sort of, you know, contain. So I think, I think he's going to be somebody that's going to be a much more difficult matchup for the defense. So by that, I think that Carolina is probably the better defense in all told, because I, I do think that they're, uh, you know they're not necessarily stronger. You know at cornerback, even though Josh Norman is great, I think that maybe uh, Denver's probably has a better old, you know all together unit yeah. in terms of the the defensive backfield. But I think also that um, just that just that front before they're going to be able to get after him. I think Luke Keekley's going to be able to bait uh, you know uh, Peyton Manning into some bad throws. Um, you know, because he's he's been on fire lately. Keekley, yeah. sort of, you know, jumping routes and, and and you know intercepting 
you know, passes. So I think that's a possibility that that could happen. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher to contain uh, Cam. He's going to be a little bit more of a fit. I mean, we know Brady was going to stand in the pocket. He was going to try to climb the ladder and, and stick throws, and, and it was just it was just hit after hit after hit. He had no protection. So we knew that was going to be the result. Peyton's probably going to, you know, pretty much battle the same thing. I don't think it'll be that same volume, obviously, but um, they'll have a game plan in place, and they've got more time to think about it. But he's probably going to be taking a lot of shots. Yeah, you were mentioning and, uh, you mentioned too, obviously, the pressure that was getting to Tom Brady. Everyone knows that Von Miller had a huge game. There hasn't been as much talk this week about the performance last week of uh, DeMarcus Ware, who, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you know, he disappeared kind of for a large part of the end of the season with that back injury. But he uh, just can he replicate that similar performance in the Super Bowl? That's something that I would have to have to worry about. Yeah, I, I think uh, he certainly can. I mean, I, again, it's it's my. Um, the way I look at Cam Newton is that if you try to, to collapse a pocket with edge pressure and you leave you leave a seam, yeah, uh, you know for him to exploit, he's gonna he's gonna take off running. He's not afraid. He's you know he's two hundred and sixty pounds. He's he's gonna you know he'll 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 drop his shoulder and hit you. <laughs> now, we don't like to see him do that a lot because that's you know we saw when he did that too much and got hurt. Yeah, the, pre- the previous season and played all played hurt pretty much the entire year the year prior. Um, so we don't want to see that, but it's the Super Bowl. I mean, he's going to he's do gonna it. Risk it. <laughs> he's going to do it. I mean, if you're going to bottle it all up for one game, what are you going to do it for? You're going to do it for the Super Bowl. So I think there's possibility that he, I, I've said this too. If you're a betting person, and I am, I'm a degenerate. Yes, yeah, same as. Uh, uh, <laughs> if you're a betting man, I'd say if there's a, a an over under on rushing yardage for for Cam, and I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but if it's uh, if it's you know the the line is set at like say 55, 60. Yeah. To take the over because it's going to be way over. Yeah, I think um, I think more so than the, you know, we often look at who can pass the ball and who can move the ball. I think we're going to see a similar kind of matchup here to what we've seen with uh, Denver and New England, who can run the ball. And the the Broncos really did struggle for a large part of that game to run the ball against the Patriots. They finished with less than three hundred complete uh, total yards with running and uh, passing, so mm-hmm. they were really shut down. So I think the Panthers, obviously, how strong their defense is and how good they've been playing. We could see something very, very similar. I don't see them playing as soft a coverage against the wide receivers as the Patriots started off the game with, and it was early in that game that they got the first touchdown on the first drive, and then they got the turnover by the Von Miller interception was turned into a touchdown as well to Daniels again. So there was a short field on one of them. The other one was the soft coverage. I don't think you're going to see the same from the Panthers' uh, cornerbacks in this one. And then you mentioned Keekley. He has two games with back-to-back pick sixes. He had one of Tony Romo earlier in the season. So he's been playing sensational stuff um, and just with uh, Cam being a moving target and with Peyton being more of a standing target, I think the key to this game is going to be if the Broncos can stop um, the rushing game off the Panthers and try and limit Cam Newton's yards as well. As you've already mentioned, you expect him to have you know over 50 yards. So I think if uh, Jonathan Sheard can get going in this game, if the Panthers get the run game going, that opens up the passing game. And I, I don't even think they might even need to go into the passing game to, to keep moving the ball if they can keep consistently getting those four or five yard runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I think either honestly, either team, either team that runs the ball effectively in this game is probably going to be uh, have the advantage because I yeah. think you're you're you hit on something. I, both teams are, you know, we know what they can do in the passing game. We know what their defenses are like already. Uh, both teams have, you know, had uh, varying degrees of success running the football, as you noted too. You know, C.J. Anderson, aside from that one run against New England, he had yeah. that one long run. He had a terrible game. 
Um, and, and I'm a bigger CJ Anderson fan than I am a Ronnie Hillman fan, but oh, both of them both I, of them were poor. I think that Hillman or Anderson should be getting more carries than Hillman, but they were both bottled right. up apart from that one long run. And it was kind of very similar for them against the Steelers as well. He had two long runs right. in that one called back by a penalty. And outside of that, they were kind of bottled up as well in that game. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, I, I, I try to tell this to people because this is, you know, the one team, the Patriots, the team that I root for and follow. Yeah. Um, since, I, <laughs> since I was a, since I was a kid, I said when, when they do, when they they're burned by somebody in the, the early in the season by by a certain, you know, by the running game or via a particular player in the past, their concentration is to take that player. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they they were not going to get beat by C.J. Anderson. And aside from that one run, which I'm sure that Bel- Belichick will forever have on a loop, and and you know, yeah, let the field, uh, right? say don't let this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, they they did their job. They kept him in check. They kept Hillman in check. Um, you know, they they did what they were they were supposed to do. The problem was is that they played way too soft yeah, yeah. zone early Definitely. on, and that 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 kind of killed them. And there were some other little things here and there, but. You know, all in all, it was a close game, interesting game, um, and I do think that it, it did show me some holes for the uh, for the Denver Broncos. And as much as it looked like a dominant performance on defense, obviously on offense, you can certainly exploit them. You know, they didn't do much. They didn't do much, and they have to do much. Yeah, and, um, and that's that's interesting. So we'll see as well with the Denver defense again. They obviously the Patriots didn't have a run game really to rely on, so everything was going through Tom Brady, whether it was a short pass or whether it was to try and uh, do an occasional run here or there, but there just wasn't much on it. The, the Panthers on the he other was hand... Le- he, was, Colm, he was a leading rusher. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> the, the Panthers on the other hand are going to have a very balanced attack, even probably more runs and passes with uh, obviously going with Cam, going with uh, Jonathan Stewart and trying to move the ball that way. So it's going to be balanced. So they can't just pin their ears back and get that pass rush going. And obviously with the home field advantage, I think they had a really good, uh, you know, off the mark on the snap. I think they had it really timed well. And obviously the Patriots at the line of scrimmage weren't able to do as much. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a different story when they get to the Super Bowl here and face the Panthers team. And uh, talking to defense so far, talking to kind of the running game, we've touched on that. We've touched on uh, the defensive side, and we're going to touch on the quarterbacks now. But so far, everything seems to be lining up a little bit here towards the Carolina Panthers, in our opinion. But both quarterbacks, Cam Newton's development since coming in to the league as the number one overall pick a couple of years ago, five years ago now, his development really, really since the uh, car accident he had um, just in kind of the preseason time last year, it's almost a from that moment forward, it was like a, an opening of the eyes. It was, you know, he started to take things really, really serious moving forward. But his passing has improved so much. It's just his overall control of the offense is really, really impressive. Even, you know, we talk about people doing stuff at the line of scrimmage, but it's not often that this Carolina Panthers offense is in the wrong play. And a lot of that is down to Newton uh, at the line. And just you mentioned how he goes in the run game. We've seen a couple of runs last week where he's just uh, pushing linebackers out of the way as if they aren't there. And uh, I'm, I'm just lost for words at the stage of how he has progressed over even this season in particular. And then Manning's kind of on the other side. Uh, gradually uh, declining and then dropped to the bench and now he's back in the team is the Hollywood uh, script able to be written fully and get him to get that Vince Lombardi trophy again it's possible Listen, I want to share a real quick little <laughs> quick quick little anecdote with yeah, you. Yeah. I want to give proper credit to uh, uh, my buddy Eric Carter of mm-hmm. Dynasty League Football you guys yeah. know uh, yeah, yeah. DLF Football he said he, he basically likened uh, Cam Newton's car accident to Peter Parker being bitten by the radioactive I actually heard that, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and that that can't I mean you can't say it any more perfectly than that he just sort of flipped that switch and yeah, he's just been dominant. On. 
He's been absolutely dominant. Um, yeah, and he's he's looked terrific. I mean, aside from that interception, you know, in, in the in the conference championship, yeah. uh, that's really the only flaw that I've seen from him in several weeks. I mean, he's really had several dominant weeks in a row. Uh, he's looked like a man on a mission. I think that absolutely. I I I favor them quite heavily in this matchup, but anything can happen in the Super Bowl. I will say this for Peyton: I think that you know, I can never underestimate somebody that wants to win a Super Bowl, a veteran quarterback who's in a situation like that, who has a good defense, who has good weapons around him. My only concern is that if they become one-dimensional, they can't run the football. Yeah, um, he's gonna get he's gonna get slapped around, and his legacy will be Peyton Manning good you know, really beat up in the Super Bowl and looked like an old man. And that's that's my concern. I mean, I don't want to see that happen. I love for the guy to, to look really good in this, this matchup. I'm rooting for Cam. I'm rooting for, for the Panthers just because I think they're the best team in football, in my opinion, and I think that they deserve to, to hoist the Lombardi. Um, but, you know, there's a, good, there's a good Hollywood narrative, like you said. <laughs> well, if, 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 if Payton, uh, you know, rises from the primordial, <laughs> primordial ooze, and is able to throw three touchdowns and, and pull out a victory, you know, good for him. And, and this is his way to, to walk away to the sunset with a win, I mean, and not look like a beaten old man. And I think that, you know, he, for the most part, all season, he looked like, he's looked like a beaten old man. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I did say I did say on the uh, one of the podcasts last week that if this was a Hollywood script, everyone would say that it was too unrealistic. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But maybe it's one yeah. of those ones like uh, No Country for Old Men, where the the good guy maybe doesn't win at the end of it. But uh, I think um, Manning, you know, he, he would have took this situation six weeks ago when we all thought that he might never play in the NFL again. So we'll see what happens. And as you've said, uh, quarterback matchup. I'm taking Cam Newton all day long in this one. Um, you know, at the moment, the spread sitting in around five points, five and a half points. You mentioned that you like to yeah. have a bet. The only thing is, uh, I think it's all leaning towards the Panthers. I think the Panthers win the match. But the mm-hmm. the issue is, if this rises up to six or six and a half points, I yeah. don't know uh, if they absolutely uh, dominate to that effect. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's. I agree. I, I kind of stay away at this point when it gets to this when it gets over a certain amount of, of, of points. I yeah. usually generally one of those stay fishy away. ones. Yeah, well, when it started out, I and I and I tweeted this out, you know, several days ago. When it when it when the lines were first introduced, I think it was like three and a half. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I'm like, give me that all day. Cause I I just felt like that was just too much. I thought, I mean, it was too small. I thought that Carolina could easily cover that. Um, now when it gets toward when it gets starts to inch closer to, you know, six or maybe even seven, uh, then it's 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 just bait. You know, it's yeah, just yeah. bait for the for the the you know, for the public just to say, you know, okay, come in and take this because, uh, you know, look, to be honest with you, the Vegas hasn't had a great year overall. I yeah. Mean, yeah. There's I, been a couple I, of bad listen, weeks. In there. They've had some, yeah, they've had some rough weeks and they've had rough weeks as of late. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, it's always interesting to see here where, where they come up with these, these lines, but, um, I, I think it's, it's possible that we, we could be, it could be a close game. Um, but I just don't. I don't see it that way. I, I just and, and I actually I prefer a close game as a fan. I'd rather see a game that's exciting right down to the finish. Um, but it's probably not going to be. It's probably going to be. I don't want to say it's going to be like we just we just witnessed with Carolina and Arizona, uh, which is embarrassing uh, <laughs> and, and bad for the league to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I, I would I was expecting Arizona to to put up a little bit more of a fight than that, but um, to see you know. 
I think it's possible that they could win by at least ten in this one. Yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. I've been I've been writing the, the the Panthers throughout the playoffs. Took them against the Seahawks, and you mentioned sometimes the line looks too close. Well, they were uh, a two and a half point uh, favorite in that game, and then when yeah, you, when yeah. you got them with a the thirty one point advantage at halftime, I was thinking, oh, I should have had so much more money on this. And then at the end, it almost comes back to you thinking, oh, are they going to hang on here because of the way it turned around? So funny things like that can happen in the NFL, and uh, this year one, I think I'm going to be riding with uh, the Panthers again. But just when you get to that. You know, start to get close to that touchdown, it can make your opinion a little bit different. So it sounds like we're both uh, confident at the moment, at the time we're talking, that it's going to be, a, you know, it should be a Panthers win here in the Super Bowl. We're going to bounce on to fantasy football now. It's never too early to start talking fantasy. And <laughs> when you're when you're playing, you know, if you're playing Dynasty, and I know a lot of our listeners are playing Dynasty. You mentioned DLF a moment ago. Uh, obviously they do fantastic work over there and had a number of them on the show over, over the time. But a lot of people now are starting to get into it because you had the kind of, the explosion of fantasy football in the redraft sense and now we're starting to see that uh, people are starting to say oh what's this dynasty all about and getting into it so uh, I have to say there's no comparison between the two I, I found the last couple of years almost redraft is almost just a seems like a chore to do compared to your dynasty football but a couple of a couple of questions came in on twitter and one of them is a lot of people obviously you know you can trade your rookie draft picks um, trying to maybe get a veteran player for that and with the rookie draft picks, uh, do you put much value in them, um, or do you like to, to trade them away, get yourself some uh, veterans in your lineup? That's a good question. And and, and just so you don't call them, uh, anybody who wants to hire me to draft a <laughs> consultants actually can hire me to help them with their dynasty draft. No no joke. I, I helped some people out last year, and it was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. And uh, much like this via Skype, uh, I'm able to kind of help people work out their drafts and, and throughout the season do some maintenance on their team and yeah, stuff yeah. like that so it's it's a lot of fun i enjoy it so definitely check out draft day consultants a shameless plug i know <laughs> it's uh, um, hard to be a shameless plug <laughs> but but you got you got to uh you get to hire me for uh you know for that kind of uh you know work so which is a lot of fun for me um i'd say you know look at look at the i, I talked and i tweeted this out the other day look at this the the draft year look at the value of the yeah. Positions, I say this year it's still wide receiver heavy. So um, and there's a lot of talent there, but there's a lot of uh, top heavy talent at other positions. I think there's quarterback is very weak this year. Um, tight end also very weak. So I'd say don't waste a draft pick on a tight end uh, unless you get it late, late and it's a developmental pick. I prefer actually not even the draft tight ends. In yeah, I was going to say, I was going to take that up. I was going to wait till you finish talking, but uh, a lot of people <laughs> forget about, you know, they see Gronk coming into the league a couple of years ago and, you know, instant uh, success from the start. With a tight end, you're usually, you know, you're waiting on a return on investment. So that's a key area that I would be looking to trade a draft pick for a veteran of two or three, even if it's a two-year player that hasn't really broken out yet, you're starting to look at them because people, you know, if somebody drafted, somebody two years ago and they're starting to come in maybe Eric Ebron I'm not his biggest fan but just for example we'll use him and uh, they're starting to fade like oh, he's not producing enough he's not getting to that level maybe you throw a draft right. pick in there and you get a player like that because with tight end you're going to be waiting two or three years on your uh, return on As- yeah. absolutely Austin Safarian Jenkins is another name yep, yep. Um, guy that's sort of like under the radar and, and you can certainly make a play for him and, and make those trades. I'd rather do that. I've done that yeah. uh, in my dynasty leagues and sort of traded away some of the rookie uh, tight ends after the draft because I think there are people still in your leagues that are get excited for the top tight end, whereas yeah. you know, some people are like, ah, I'm not going to draft tight end. And then you get that tight end late in your draft, 
you can then move them for a veteran tight end or a veteran player. Yeah, there's some bulls for them. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 work off that because the, the reality is is that a tight end is probably not going to be for the most part not going to be a huge part of the offense number one, and they're not going to be a huge part of the offense probably until year two or three. So you're you're basically it's you're, it's like you're you know like the uh, the old IRA like you have like uh, <laughs> uh, no I'm not 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 the Irish not the American <laughs> Irish. No, no, I mean like a, a bank, a bank IRA, something that you like put in the, you put money in. It doesn't, you can't take it out. Remember who you're talking years. to? <laughs> I, I realize that as I'm saying it, I'm like, wait a second, I'm talking to some Irishman. Yeah, Sorry about that. That's no uh, problem. I meant, I meant the the bank deposit. IRA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's an American thing, but <laughs> uh, it's something that you put in for a couple of years and you can't withdraw it for like three years. Yeah, yeah. And 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 just it accrues a very small amount of interest. That's kind of what a tight end is when you draft them. Definitely, they, they're not really super valuable, and then they become you know valuable later on. And by then, you've already traded for them for somebody that's been disgusted and can't you know this guy sucks and I yeah, can't, yeah. he's not doing anything. Well. That's when you should be doing it. Um, and I always trade for second and third year tight ends because they usually have a breakout year at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm kind of like that where I don't put much into the rookie picks, and if they do turn out to be successful, when you have them on your bench for you know a season or so then it's it's all good but if they don't i don't get too worked up about it i often will trade away uh my rookie picks whether it be first round pick second round pick whatever just to, to try and get some talent because it's funny in the last couple of years i've noticed that people have started to just everyone wants the young players and once a player gets to 26 people are nearly starting to discard them away and last season before the season i didn't think fitzgerald would have as good a season as he did but picked him up in a lot of leagues guys like chris ivory you pick those kind of guys up and uh, people just start to discard them once they get to a certain age yeah, it's that's absolutely true, and, and and you know with now with the sort of the zero running back theory where you can get running back value because they're you know they're the most volatile position yeah. uh, in in fantasy because they get hurt so much that you can find backups. We've seen the C.J. Andersons and Hillmans and everybody else um, come along that that have had value. Deion Lewis, um, and then they get hurt, you know, and then somebody else comes along that takes their place. So you're able to you know, crew value at that position. So you don't really have to go out of your way to, to get a running back either. So that's the other thing. I, unless you have a once in a lifetime type value, like a Todd Gurley or once in a generation type value, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is probably another player too, that I would probably draft higher, but everybody else beyond that, I don't like why, and you know, there's no reason for you to, because they're pretty much linear. They're all pretty equal in terms of value. They're probably all going to be sharing lo- workloads with other veteran running backs, and you're not going to get much of a return. So for me, you know, stock up on the high first round picks, yep. maybe a couple of second round picks, and then you're going to get guys, you know, like La- La- Laquan Treadwell this year, and um, you know, maybe Corey Coleman. And you get a couple of those guys on your team. Now you're, you know, you're cooking. Now you've got some like legitimate guys that could fit in their offense year one have value and then year two just completely break out um that's what you really want to invest in highly in my opinion quarterbacks last year i had a lot of extra picks last year in one league and it was actually the roto world league okay with with evan and and, uh your your buddy roto pat um and i uh i drafted Javis. um i drafted him to back up cam so now i have james winston and cam newton which is great um and I think that um, doing something like that is fine because you know a guy is going to be a high investment for a team, and that they're you know he's going to have relatively good season, and then maybe year two really has a breakout season. So now you have two really strong, you know, 
quarterbacks that to really anchor your team, which is great. And I think that those rare players that you go after, you know, I, when you hear the quarterback classes is really developmental, you know, with the air quotes, yeah. um, then they, you shouldn't really be investing highly in them at all. You should be waiting. And then, and then at a certain point in your draft, in the later rounds, if they're there, if you want to take a flyer or one that you really like, um, then go ahead. But other than that, I mean, I, I just I wouldn't bother with quarterbacks unless they're like generational talents. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, we've seen it last year and the year before. Maybe not as much last year or the, this past season, but the season before, guys like Philip Rivers were getting thrown on the scrap heap. You can always pick up quarterbacks, you know, veteran quarterbacks that people just do not really want anymore. They want that young, shiny object, and uh, you can pick up guys like that. The key, really, with Dynasty is over time changing strategy, whether it be to, to kind of demolish your team, trade away your players and pick up those assets and draft picks and try and go younger or whether you're going for the championship in the season trade away your first round pick to try and get that star to push you over the edge but with uh, a couple of players last season didn't have great years some guys had kind of breakout years I just want to get your thoughts on whether to buy sell or hold before we finish up a guy that I, sure. I, I acquired very late in the season it was a player that had a big rookie season and a lot of people kind of got a little bit fed up with him last season and in one of my leagues I was able to acquire him just think that uh, you know he showed a lot of talent in this rookie year we'll see how he goes going forward but Jordan Matthews uh, one of those players that sometimes get to your second year if you don't keep producing people just want to get rid of you so uh, Jordan Matthews are you buying are you selling are you keeping a, a hold on him at this moment in time I think you could buy him right now because I think his, his value is depressed somewhat, like you said, yeah. um, because people kind of – listen, I, I, I'll, I'll fully admit this. I like I love Jordan Matthews' first time, first time I started watching him when I was watching wide receivers from his class. Yeah. He was the first guy I watched, and I like loved him. I thought, oh, this guy's great. He catches everything. He's you know he's big. He's strong. And then I watched everybody else, and I thought, oh, I, don't <laughs> I don't love him as much now. Yeah. No, it's, that's true. And And – and, and I compared and contrast, and I thought, this is a really good complimentary wide receiver too. This is yeah. a, this is your Roddy White. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not a knock. It's, it's he's your Marcus Colston. That's his maybe potentially his ceiling. Um, and that's not a knock. It's just that if you were expecting him to be a wide receiver one, you know, to be that guy that, that takes over, I, I just I didn't see it. And and I think that if your expectation is that. He's going to be, be a guy that's going to fill out your roster and maybe be your wide receiver two or three, then great. Um, and if you can get him at a discount, great. But if somebody's still holding on to him, like, you know, like this, this, this Smeagol with the precious, and that don't, <laughs> yeah. I would never, like, I, I, I just, I would say, okay, yeah, good luck with that, you know, have fun. I wouldn't even bother because, uh, you know, it's, it depends on who you're dealing with in your league. Somebody that has, you know, a really conscious, understanding of value and that's fine you're probably going to get him for a deal um people that are still like oh he's awesome he's going to blow up and all that you know he's he's trust me next year new regime and all that new regime usually means adjustment period yeah, yeah. which usually means that everybody sucks for like <laughs> six weeks so yeah i wouldn't even bother i, I think that i i just sort of like okay you know like, and I, I don't i don't expect him because he he's, he's now has a coach that worked with Jeremy Macklin to become Jeremy Macklin. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's he's not the same player. I think he's still going to be the same guy. It's He has potential to outperform his ADP, and he probably will yeah. because he's so depressed at this point. I think uh, he, he was one of those guys who got to be too highly thought of. 
and now yeah. he's probably too low and I think over time he'll land somewhere in the middle uh, playing a lot exactly. of slot, slot receiver this year took a lot of big hits over the middle so we'll see how what scheme is next year and whether he's taking those hits over the middle I think that, <coughs> that affected his mind a little bit with those drops that he was having I think he was waiting for the hits then on some of those so we'll see how Jordan Matthews does uh, coming up next season uh, Demarius Thomas is the next player I've down obviously went or he's going to the Super Bowl but just this season, whether it's the changes at quarterback, whether it's just whatever's going on with him, just hasn't had the year that he had over the past three or four years. You know, he was so secure with his hands, great after the catch. This season, uh, it's been a bit of a letdown spot for him. Yeah, I mean, you know... I, I think, too, is that whoever owns him, uh, their opinion's still going to be very, very high on him. So he's one of those players that you could go after, but I don't think it's going to be uh, at, a, at a suitable price. Well, here's, a, here's another thing, too. It's like... Um, and I'll, I'll use I'll use daily fantasy as a sort of a you know to to, to compare and contrast yeah. a little bit. His price is very high. Yeah, it never went down. <laughs> never went down in daily fantasy, yeah. and I think that reason is because again it was it's perception. Like you just said, perception is that he's he's always going to be capable of a you know two touchdown, one hundred and seventy five yard game. Yeah. and that's true. But you know he's also capable of dropping a lot of passes and having a really huge bad game. Um, and that's, you know, going forward, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like. We've heard that, you know, it's Brock's job to lose next year, but we don't know if, if, you know, what's going to be worked out. Maybe Peyton comes back. I don't know. I mean, he's saying that he's going to retire, but we don't know. Maybe he comes back. I yeah. mean, maybe he's delusional enough to think that he's still <laughs> going to be able to compete. Um, and, you know, Maybe they hang on to Brock one more year and they say, okay, we'll develop somebody. We'll bring in a veteran to push him a little bit. And, and then they see what they got there. But it's hard to say because it's not like Brock's going to deliver the football to him, you know, 12 times. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And that's, I agree. That, that's my problem. I, I always like quarterbacks that – a guy like, you know, Fitzpatrick. Nice, nice Irish kid. But, uh, <laughs> he went to Harvard, uh, you know. Yeah, there you go. Um you know somebody like him who who basically only targets two players. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the most part, like I mean, like uh, bulk, like you could say that eighty percent of his targets are to Eric Decker and to Brandon Marshall. Yeah. That's those are the guys that you love because you know where the ball is going. You know, you want those players on your team because you know where the ball is going. Now they're going to get targets. And and with me, it's like okay, yeah, you know, Demarius is still going to be targeted a lot, but he hasn't been super efficient, and we don't know going forward what it's going to be like if it's you know, Brock or whatever. And, and and it's kind of funny too, because I've noticed that, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is slowly collapsing right now. And uh, you notice that Peyton did, you know, spread the ball around quite a bit yep. in, in the conference game. He, you know, he was hitting guys that like, you know, Latimer and, and Caldwell. He was, he was looking for other guys that weren't necessarily, you know, we weren't expecting to show up on the, on the, uh, you know, the final tally. So yep. it's interesting. I think that with, with Osweiler, we could see more of that too where they spread the ball around, but um, I still think he'll be looking for the his main guys. I still think Marius and uh, Sanders will still be the, the main target. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how that all hashes out. Again, I just th- if I have them, I'm staying put unless somebody overwhelms me with the uh, an offer. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sell them now at a discount. Never, number one, never sell them discounts. No, never. Yeah. There's no, there's no point in it. The only time you ever sell somebody is if you you fear impending doom. Um, and I, and I'll give you I'll give you a quick a really quick uh, dynasty scenario. Cool. I um I had Josh Gordon. I drafted him. 
He blew up. Everybody in the league wanted him. And he started getting into trouble. And then, you know, another incident off the field. I'm like, oh, boy, I really got to unload this guy. He's just going to kill me. He's going to kill me. He's going to get suspended. I'm going to be done. So, but everybody, you know, there was talk about the NFL because of the, the, the program, substance abuse program that, you know, because it one was in college and everybody was kind of not sure about how it was going to play out. Yep. So I was, I was shopping him around, okay? And I said, you know, what, what do you, and I knew a couple of people in my league really wanted him. And I got some good offers and then I just got like the, off, the, the offer of all offers, which at the time was a draft pick plus Demarius Thomas. Right, yeah, yeah. And this is that Demarius coming off a huge year now. Yeah, this pick. And in a, in, a, in a draft pick, a high draft pick, like a first-round pick. And I said, yeah, I'll take it. And I said, yeah, okay, and I, and I let him go. And then somebody came to me and said, I, I really want, you know, Demarius on my team and, and made an offer. And I said, well, you know, let me think about it. You know, and I, and, it, and I was thinking about it, too. There was, like, some of the, the issues with Peyton with his back and everything were, were coming up in his neck. And I thought, man, if he gets hurt, Demarius is screwed. So it's like kind of like yeah. I'm seeing the impending doom of both of these things. And I traded him for Antonio Brown and another high pick. Oh, cool. <laughs> this is what you can do in dynasty leagues, guys. You can look if, if you're if you're really at you're it's almost like real estate. If you see the market going up and down, and you see that right moment to hit, sometimes you get lucky, and I yeah. get lucky, I'll admit. But I I did it at the right time. And I got you know, Antonio Brown in a, in a high draft pick, which ended up being Todd Gurley. Oh. So I was going to so ask, I, mean, I was going to ask a moment ago, are you uh, telling a strategy or are you bragging? Because uh, and now it's coming to Todd Gurley's. <laughs> you've ended up. Well, with Todd it's a little bit of both, but I mean, with a dynasty league, you can't brag about what you're uh, doing. Humble I mean, brag. <laughs> and it's not humble brag, but no, but he, something like that. I'm just as an example of you know knowing when to to unload a player yeah, yeah. like if you if you're like with 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 Demarius if you get a strong offer for Demarius I I'd probably try to to move him if, if you could because I think you don't know what his situation is going to be like it could be bad it could be middling we could Brock Osweiler could play again this year it could be Joe Flacco from you know his early career three thirty five hundred yards and you know uh 20 touchdowns which sucks I mean you don't you don't want that. You want you want somebody that's gonna no. You want somebody that's gonna air it out. Uh, we don't know that it's gonna happen. We know that Denver likes to run the football, and I think they'll continue to run the football. So if you get a, an offer that is you know definitely viable, and, and and you feel like it's it's lateral plus maybe a positive for you in the future if you get a, a good draft pick, uh, say so say if you could take that pick and turn it into one of the top wide receivers in the draft this year, I'd probably do it, and and I probably wouldn't look back. So. Um, but you have to, you know, you have to be smart. You have to look at, say, say somebody that, um, let's say, let's say if somebody came to you and, and has uh, Jordy Nelson, for yeah. instance, and they're like, I don't know, Jordy coming back, is he going to be all right? And this and that. But you're like, Jordy coming back is going to like open this offense up, and he's going to be targeted eleven times a game once he's healthy. Um, I, I and okay, give me uh, Jordy's since he's hurt. Give me Jordy uh, and some draft picks, and I'll give you Demarius. I do in a minute yeah. because I, I'm, I'm seeing what potentially could become of that. Now, it could could be that Jordy could get hurt again and I could be totally screwed. But in the very least, I'll have draft picks, which potentially could turn into, like I said, a very deep wide receiver class. Could be wide receivers that could help me down the line two, three years. So in the very least, I'm helping myself 
um, well into the future, but at the same time getting some next year immediate help, big boost, maybe underappreciated boost by Jordy if he comes back 100%. You know, you absolutely know Aaron Rodgers is going to be like firing it downfield to him left and right. So that that's somebody that I would be looking at as an example. Like if if you want, because I think people would be be willing to move, um, you know, for that. You know, be able to move some because no people people in your dynasty leagues don't appreciate their picks. No, no, trust me, hmm. they do not. You you and I do. If we follow the draft and we follow what the, who the good players are that could help us down the line, we understand that people most people in your leagues don't care. They're like, ah, I don't. What am I going to do with second round pick? Well. If I see a wide receiver drop to me that that I love, then I'm gonna stash him and hopefully, either turn him uh, in a, in another you know another trade or maybe he becomes a valuable asset on my in my roster. So I always look to that, like look to the future. I mean, but also look to helping yourself in the immediate future. Why why I say Jordy can help you a lot immediately, but you can also get picks that can help you you know, in the near future as well. So that's kind of how you should be looking. Like, I, the, the picks I, the, the trades that I hate, Cole, are when people say, oh, I just traded uh, Julio Jones for five first-round picks in two seconds. <laughs> but you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, you get nothing. nothing. You yeah. don't know. You don't, you know, like, and everything could change. You know, you, you, your draft order could change a little bit. You don't get the guys you want. You end up getting wide receivers that are buried on the depth chart. And you just get a bunch of picks. Now it's, like, stuck on your bench. And you're gonna have to cut some of them. Yeah, you you're not gonna be able to keep all yeah. of them. Yeah, so stupid. Um, don't don't do that. You know, keep it manageable. Always keep your trades manageable. And I'm giving you way too much information, man. Go to draft day consultant. <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah. get this. <laughs> that's that's why you should be following. Uh, that's why you should be following Johnny on uh, Twitter. It's at Rumford Johnny. It's R U M F. I nearly said H. I'll start that again. <laughs> At R U M F O R D and then Johnny with two N's, a bit like Mr. Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure or, he's... Or, or Johnny or Johnny Rotten, whatever you. Yeah, whichever you prefer you to go with. But uh, <laughs> obviously, you mentioned uh, Josh Gardner as well. Let's get the the hype train started up for that one. But um, <laughs> we'll follow yeah. you on Twitter for your thoughts on that. But I hope he does well. I'd be mean, honestly, yeah. I think that he's an immense talent. He's a tr- he was a troubled kid. Um, hopefully. You know, it sounds like he's getting it right. He My concern is always knowing that somebody, and I've worked with people with with drug abuse and and, uh, and other things that have fallen into these things. Sometimes they they relapse and they they have another problem. And, and if he does, he's done. So the risk is it's a super high risk at this point. If he's reinstated, is back in the league. If you've got him on your roster, great. You know, now trying to get him, you're gonna have to pay a little bit more to get him, especially if there's positive. Um, feedback that yeah, he yeah. might get reinstated. People are going to be asking more for him, so it's going to be harder to get him. So if you already have him rostered, fine. He could be a, a, a league winner for you potentially. Um, but right now, it's like I'm not going out and dealing for Josh Gordon. I'm like waiting and seeing what happens because if I have him rostered, fine. If I don't, and I have him in some dynasty leagues, not not all of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm just sitting, you know, on him and, and waiting to see what happens because if he has a good quarterback situation next year, could have a huge year if he's back. Um, he might not be reinstated. We're just assuming that he might be. So if that happens, then, um, you know, great in his value. You know, sky is the limit. Um, but don't go chasing him right now because, it's again, it's similar to the situation where I traded him. Like, I traded him when, when, when really hopes were high. And then it just – he just – he lost an entire year. Yeah, and yeah. people were like, oh, that was the worst trade I ever made in my life. Like, huh? at the time, you thought it was a great idea. 
So it's exactly where it is right now. We don't know. We don't even know if he's going to be reinstated. If he is, great. Um, if you have him on your bench, yeah, but I'm right. not chasing him right now because right now people are going to expect, hey, he's yeah. going to come back. If he, if the the NFL rules, no, no, sorry, Josh, it's been one too many times. Fool me once, you know, whatever, and they don't want him to come back. Then now all of a sudden you've, you know, traded all this capital for a guy who's not even going to play. Yeah, and so, exactly. Yeah, and uh, with him as well so much talent but again you mentioned one more strike and he's basically that's him done the other player that worries me like that and he is immensely talented and I'm a big fan of his is uh, Martavis Bryant but again when you have those strikes against you it is very worrying going forward so if you're if you're trading picks away always do it uh, with that in mind but uh, anything else Johnny while you're on that you just want to give a, a quick plug out to you mentioned the draft day consultant stuff anything else going on that you want to give a, a plug to no, no, I just, just again, just draft day consultants, check us out. We're, we're going to be doing uh, help for people in Dynasty, also MFL 10s, which you yeah, yeah. checked out, are a lot, a lot of fun coming up this year. Uh, actually, this in February, I believe. And uh, we'll Can't be helping start people out. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I love them. Um, and, you know, we'll be helping people out throughout the year. I mean, I had a blast last year helping some folks out, and uh, it's a good time. And obviously, you can find me on Twitter. I will be doing some rookie draft. Uh, stuff to for uh, we haven't really decided what we're going to do yet whether it's going to be in podcast form or whether it's going to be in you know written form or whatever uh, for draft day consultants but I'll be doing that as well so definitely go check that out and it's been a pleasure man I, I know this has been a long time coming I wanted to make this happen uh, we had to synchronize our watches and uh, <laughs> and and make this work but I'll be happy to come back again in the near future man it's been a blast Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Thanks once again to Johnny for jumping aboard the show. Uh, definitely give him a follow on Twitter at Rome for Johnny. Good, good guy, and uh, very, very good information. He mentioned the service they're providing at Draft Day Consultants. Uh, if you're interested in that, definitely check it out because, um, you know, Draft Day can make or break your season, so you want to make sure you have your strategy correct. A couple more shows coming up in the week. I did mention at the start of the show there may be two more, maybe three more. We'll see how it all plays out. But uh, looking forward to bringing you some more content before the Super Bowl. So do stay tuned to them. Keep spreading the word. Lots of new listeners over the last couple of weeks getting good feedback on there. Just really appreciate all the feedback and replies that we do get on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. So until I'm back with the next show later in the week, uh, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.